The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of the month of October. The year is 2022. So glad you can be with us. As always, check us out at osipfoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Select episodes are on YouTube. Our apparel store is on Bonfire. And our book is on Amazon. We're trying some new stuff here uh, with the podcast uh, trying to, you know, make things a little bit more interesting. Um, the, the, the good news is I've got a brand new microphone set up here and which is really, really cool. Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's much more professional rather than having to, uh, convolute my body in different ways just so that I can see everything and talk normally and whatnot. But it's a, it's, it makes me feel like I'm important, which is the farthest thing from the truth. Um, but in addition to that, uh, we're going to try some uh, shorter episodes. Uh, our producer engineer, Sean Ryan, is um, still going to produce an engineer, but he's not going to join me for just a handful of episodes or so. Uh, hopefully by the time 2023 uh, comes around, we've either uh, found some success with this or we uh, bring him back. But um, just something we're trying. Uh, if, it, if it fails miserably, it fails miserably which is also the title of my upcoming autobiography. But anyway, let's just get into it. Uh, a couple of things to, to look at here. Um, first, uh, one story of uh, good sportsmanship. So first of all, congratulations to Aaron Judge uh, for um, what he's been doing with his home run chase in the American League and in Major League Baseball. Uh, on Wednesday, he tied the, uh, the record set by uh, Roger Maris, in 1961 with 61 home runs. And the thing I want to point out is that following the game, home plate umpire Brian Onora uh, took the lineup card out and walked over to Judge and gave him the lineup card and, you know, said a few complimentary things and said, you know, saying, I hope, you know, this uh, is a souvenir to help commemorate the occasion and whatnot. And, uh, you know, they exchanged pleasantries and, what, and it was it was just a very nice moment. I'm sure that to a certain degree, umpires, first of all, umpires obviously know what's going on. Um, but in this case, you know, he can't, Brian O'Nor doesn't say anything right to judge at the time. If you watch a replay, he didn't look at him, say congratulations, anything like that. He was just doing his job. At the end of the game, though, different story. End of the game, it's all over. Gives them the lineup card. They uh, shake hands and uh, move on. And I thought that was nice. You know, it shows that uh, some of these guys really have an idea of the bigger picture, what's really going on here. Uh, so I wanted to point that out. 
that uh, you know umpires don't just make it about themselves, and there's still some people who believe that uh, it's not the case. Um, to to kind of follow up on that, a a memo went out uh, from in, uh, from Major League Baseball recently regarding uh, pitchers who do not come to a complete and discernible stop in the set position. So for those of you who know anything about baseball, what is happening is these pitchers kind of roll through a stop when they're in the stretch. Uh, So the biggest person I can think of is Clayton Kershaw, who does this. I remember uh, Francisco Rodriguez did this a lot as well. Um, Anyway, the the reason that it's important is because this memo went out to all the umpires and all of the the teams and said, listen, we we want to enforce this more. Um, There are a lot of pitchers who do not come to a complete and discernible stop when they are uh, in the stretch, and we want to see that more. And we're going to ask our umpires to call balks and uh, enforce this rule. Okay, fair. Everybody, Everybody knows this. The memo went out. It's been... You know, you know, everyone acknowledged it, all the umpires, all the coaches, all the teams, everyone knew it, okay? So there was a game where the Miami Marlins were at City Field to play the Mets. And Richard Blyer was the pitcher. Uh, he was a former Yankee, or he's a former Yankee, and a, and a former Oriole as well. And uh, our good friend John Tumpain was the first base umpire. And he called three balks on Blyer in the same inning. And chaos kind of ensued. And uh, Blyer and Don Mattingly were both ejected. And and I remember watching MLB Central the next morning. And, you know, the commentary is still uh, the umpire wants to make it about himself. Which to me is is, is a prejudicial statement. You know, when, when we use the term ump show... We are, we are using a word that is a demeaning stereotype, much, much in the same way as many of the racial stereotypes and other types of stereotypes that we, that we use in today's society. It's, you know, we don't think of it the same way, but think about it. These are all people who have the same description, and we're judging them just because of what is, in essence, the uniform they wear. They wear the stripes. They, wear, you know, they strap on the equipment. They, they are our game officials. And just because that's their job, we discriminate. Whereas Tom Payne was just doing his job. And these cats are all over him for, for that kind of stuff. This is why broadcasters need to do their homework. Broadcasters need to do their homework. They need to investigate. Rather, than, One of my biggest problems that I have with broadcasters today is that they give opinions broadcasting whether you're doing play-by-play or color commentary really should be more about facts play-by-play needs to describe the action as it's happening whether it's on television or radio you are using your words to either paint the picture for the listener or to accompany the picture for the viewer and those doing color commentary who are the analysts, their job is to simply provide additional insight as to why certain things may or may not happen. And too often we get cats who are doing that with opinion, 
And when you do it with opinion, you are you 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 toe the line of bad sportsmanship because you have the ability to sway the public opinion if what you are saying could cause poor sportsmanship. If what you are saying criticizes an umpire when in fact the umpire is correct, you are committing an act of bad sportsmanship. Why not figure out why the umpire figured, you know, called made the call that he did? Leave your opinion out of it. That's your job. If you want to offer opinions, there's an op-ed place for you. And the other thing, too, is if you want to offer opinions as you are broadcasting, clarify it. Not enough broadcasters, when they're doing this, say, look, this is my opinion. This is what I think. Or they just assume that their listeners know that that's what they think. We could all use that distinction a bit more. Because in that situation that I gave with the three balks, John Tumpain was 110% correct. And instead, we, we have people who are demeaning him for doing his job. Do you like to be demeaned when you do your job? Then why, why would you demean someone else? That's, that's the stuff we face here with OSIP. The final thing I wanted to talk about today was an incident in NASCAR, actually. The driver in question is Andrew Grady. And there were a couple of articles and reports about this. So I you know, had to sift through them. Like they all say the same thing. Uh, I happened to be using the New York Post article by Ryan Gatos uh, that came out on September 26th. And it reads, two late model stock car drivers got into an altercation on Saturday afternoon after a crash during the qualifying races at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for the Valley Star Credit Union 300. Video from Heat 1 showed Andrew Grady at the driver's side window of Davey Callahan. Grady appeared to be yelling about something and started to throw haymakers at Callahan, who was still buckled into his car. Grady then added a kick for good measure and had to be picked up and carried out of the situation. Grady said he had an issue with the way Callahan was driving and that Callahan wrecked him and another competitor, Brandon Pierce. Quote, he flipped me off. So I started Mike Tysoning his head, Grady told reporters after the incident, according to Racing America. And he continues, all of the day, we were really, really good. Car was fast, but you get these dumbasses that come in here and run with us and they have no business running a late model, much less a lawnmower. He continues by saying, he wasn't close. He dive bombed me. He hooked me. He wrecked Brandon Pierce in the process. I wanted to talk to him, but he flipped me off. So I started Mike Tysoning his head. I mean, you're in a big boy sport. When you wreck, well, when you wreck a man, you can take a grown man ass whooping. That's how I feel. He, later on, he continues in the article by saying it was it was for a transfer position at Martinsville. From my perspective, I was there. It was close. Um, but you can't give an inch for the transfer spot when there's 95 cars and I had to take it. I am. I will tell you right off the bat, I am not privy to NASCAR the same way 
that other fans of NASCAR would be. Okay? But when I saw this, I said, wait a second. You're upset, and you, you're, you're, you're basically just going to fight a guy like that. I mean, do we really even have to get into this? You don't like what the guy did. Okay, fine. Even if he flips you off, you're going to fight him because it's a, quote, big boy sport and he can take an ass whooping? I don't want to be one to, to make a judgment here, but that's what do you say other than that's not okay? It sounds juvenile, but you can use your words. If you yell at him, that's better than what you did here. Probably not even talking about this if you were just yelling at him. Maybe he did screw up. Maybe Callahan did screw up. I didn't I I I can't offer that opinion. All I all of which all that on which I can comment because we don't want to end our sentences in prepositions is the fact that a physical altercation occurred due to a sporting event. If you're unhappy, physical violence usually is not the answer. We have to point this stuff out. You know, we, we, we have to call it out, unfortunately. That's how this stuff changes. I, I, I don't like that about how this works. I would rather just kind of put my head down and keep to myself. But if we want to make a difference in how we treat people, especially in terms of good sportsmanship, we have to point out the good and the bad. We have to empower those who follow the golden rule and who support our mission. And unfortunately, we do have to do the work in pointing out the wrongs that, that may also exist. It's not fun. I would rather spend time helping people but we have to call out someone like an Andrew Grady here. It's just not good. I don't have words other than that. Well, I've talked about everything I want to talk about. Told you it's a short episode. What are we at? No, we're not even at 15 minutes, are we? Well, we just, what can I say? I got through everything quickly. When Sean's not here, I get through things so quickly. So it's all Sean's fault that, that, that the other episodes go an hour. Okay. Sean, when you, uh, when you edit this, I want you to know that it's your fault. And I mean that completely in jest. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us here on How You Play the Game. Okay, we had a good time talking about this stuff, and I hope that we can uh, do this again. We're going to con- continue to try and do episodes like this for the remainder of the year and see what happens. Uh, maybe some guests come in. We'll find out. But uh, this was good. Quick, simple, easy, to the point. If you're driving and listening to this, you're not stuck for an hour listening to this, getting bored, you can move on to the next podcast after just 15 minutes. How about that? Hey, if you can't say it in five minutes, you're not going to say it in an an hour. I'll tell you that much, right? Anyway, just as a reminder, the address is osafoundation.org. Hey, if you want to contact the show, you want to have a conversation with me, the email address is podcast at osafoundation.org. Love to hear from you. Love to hear about your stories of good and bad sportsmanship. Love to hear what you have to think. That's how we keep the conversation going. So drop us a line via email. 
As always, check us out on the social media with uh, Facebook.com slash OSA Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at OSA Foundation, hashtag how you play the game. Select episodes are available on YouTube. Uh, our Bonfire Apparel Store is up and our book is on Amazon. So we'll talk to you in just a couple of weeks. Uh, enjoy October baseball. Enjoy the, the fall. And uh, we'll go from there. So until we talk again, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.